is 2007. It's the 26th of September, our first podcast of fall 2007. It may be the, the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> Why do I have a feeling that will not be true? <laughs> it's, I've heard that predicted before. I know. It's just me and Mick today. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw Greg canceled there at the last minute. Eh? Yeah, and then uh, Scott warned us that he wouldn't be able to get off the couch once he was sitting at home. Some priorities, huh? Yeah, apparently, I don't know, he doesn't understand showbiz. You, he got to get up <laughs> when, when the curtain calls. <laughs> but uh, can't you hear Jennifer in the background? <laughs> no, it's, not, it's very She's quiet. Waving. I don't hear it. She's waving loudly. Oh, of course, why, why couldn't I hear that? <laughs> yeah, you know, the mics are on, so she shut up. That's right. Exactly. All right. So, hey, uh, what's going on in the world of Jimmy Buffett? I didn't even check news. Yeah, Mike, have you done research? <laughs> Don't you have a laptop in front of your face? I could, like, oh, move to a laptop here. Yeah, actually, I could. Why don't I do that? Um, he, uh, he did two shows um, in Madison Square Garden. The first one was Tuesday, September 18th. And uh, then he did another show Thursday, September 20th, and that's the last show till I think, the 28th or 29th, where he's going to be in Irvine, California. And then I think he's that's it till the Hawaii show, I believe. Probably should have researched that. And the Hawaii show, we had someone. The Hawaii show is not even going to be on Radio Margaritaville. They're going to they're going to broadcast that after the fact, pre-recorded, oh, really? pre-recorded oh, version it's of not. that. It's a crazy time. Yeah, and uh, all of the time zones and everything. I guess. I guess that's the reason. Probably, Stupid probably just because they couldn't get a decent Wi-Fi hookup or something like that. That dogged him in Toronto, so I can see why it'd be a problem in Hawaii. Well, that's because it was Canada. Yeah, stupid Canada. Okay, you're going to anger our many uh, Canadian listeners. <laughs> hey, they're you know their dollar is like stronger now. Last I heard, it was like the same. Uh, I thought stronger now. I thought it was either today or yesterday. It actually went. It's we're like ninety nine cents to their dollar. I'm sure their dollar's worth more than ours. Their dollar has more colors. (laughs) But anyway, I have to lead into my clip from the September 18th show, which sounds just like this. All right, let's talk about the government. That was hey, that, pretty cool. How did great. it sound in Houston there, Mike? Sound good in Houston? That, that, that sounded wonderful. <laughs> the the uh, sad thing about the September 20th show was there was nothing exceptional about it. It was just like a standard show. I was really disappointed. I thought he might do something special because he's taken another break for a week or so. But it was just this. He had uh, the usual songs. He had highway and. And Mike, Mike, I have to uh, mention that the guys on Buffett News that do the uh, the live posting as the show goes on, they are really disliking Glory Days as an encore. Really? Yes. So what do you have to say about that? 
kicks me off. <laughs> they better knock it off. He's going he's gonna to ruin it for me. Before <laughs> I ever get a chance to see it in person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they thought it was kind of cool at first, but now it's now they're getting really tired of it. No, 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 no. There's a lot of other ones to be tired of. I can't believe that. Yeah, there is a lot of them. Jeez, be, be tired. I like Southern Cross, but let's, you know, maybe give that one a rest for a bit. Or is that blasphemous? No, no. What else? What else? You're on a roll. This is the new segment of the show <laughs> called What Ticks Mike Off. You can say whatever you want because they can't even trace where you are. We give our location every week, but you, you're coming out of a beige box. Yeah. You're like Charlie. We've never, we don't even know what you look like. <laughs> I've got the hiding spot. No, but I, I'm, I'm all for cutting off. Uh, let's get some of the other covers uh, out of there now. Brown Eyed Girl. You know, I like the song. I like the Van Morrison version. But, uh, you know, let's move on. Let's pick another cover. Let's keep it fresh. Well, that's it. Is that it for, bucket, uh, for news items? Well, here, here was another thing from before. It was... Uh, uh, Buffett's handwritten lyrics to changes. Oh yeah. And off. Yeah. Now it, it the auction ended on the nineteenth of September, so I wonder what it went for. It was going kind of cheap. It was like it was floating around three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks when I first saw it. Really? Which, which is like, geez, you know, I could put that on my credit card. Clicking yeah, the link here. Let's see if it's still handed. So I so I hope it uh, it is went hand-written? for more than that. Yeah, is handwritten, handwritten lyrics. Did it say, stay out of jail or anything else? <laughs> oh, well, never mind, gentlemen. What? It's uh, now at 5,507. That's more like yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's more <laughs> like it. There you go. I can't put that on my credit card. Well, I could, but my, my great-great-grandchildren would be paying it off. <laughs> now, it looks like this is still open for bid, but I thought it was supposed mm. to have been closed. Go for it. We can pitch Maybe it. Maybe it didn't money. meet. Uh, it didn't meet the. Uh, yeah, the reserve. Reserve. I say we all pitch in our money. Listeners, Scott's got this PayPal account. <laughs> yeah. That he's been talking about. Give money to his PayPal account, and he swears he'll bid. If we can get his ass off of the couch. Yeah. And donate it. Or he can even collect money. Bid it on the lyrics while <laughs> sitting his ass on the couch. Now, according to this, there had only been 20 bids, so it went up in an awful hurry there. Yeah. Wow. That's the problem. There are all those, all those theme restaurants that have to decorate their place, so whenever there's something yeah. cool like that, like a science fiction prop or something, you know it's going to get snapped up by some stupid restaurant, and it's going to be under glass, and you won't be able yeah. to enjoy it. Damn them all. Damn those that have money. It's all conspiracy. Yeah. Keep me from having cool shit. That's it. No, none of us can afford that, so let's move <laughs> along. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for uh, from our correspondent, Mike, on Buffett News. <laughs> we can play our theme song now. I actually have connectivity, so I can look these things up in real time. I know. Time. This is the most connected we've ever been during a oh, one yeah. of the most. And the one time we were connected, we could not figure out that it was C.E. Smith and not G's. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't help us much, did it? Yeah. I was too drunk to figure out what you guys were talking about. <laughs> yeah, but I was right the whole damn time. Even though I caved, I just <laughs> you did, did that. You knuckled under in a hurry. Just, that was just Keep to keep the peace. I knew I was right. <laughs> I just didn't want to deal with it. You still gave it up. 
I thought you were going to say he gave it up like a $2 whore or something. $4 whore. keeping it clean. Canadian? Yeah, which, which is better than a $2 whore. Yeah. Well, unless it's Canadian or U.S. The, the I like the Canadian $2 whores because they're, they're nicer. They're more polite. And they're clean. Much safer. <laughs> if you guys say so. But they still don't know how to say out properly. <laughs> out and about. Out and about. Well, anyway, where are we supposed to review some That kind leads of us to an album that was recorded not in Canada. Our listening uh, material this week was none other than Volcano. I actually sat and listened to my vinyl, and it was very... Did you, I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to actually listen to it, but I just, out of, from memory, you did yeah. I uh, went through. This happens to me every time when I listen on vinyl. It just, I guess it's the memories, the sound is so different, so different than listening to a CD or something. I mean, I don't know, I can't say it's better, it's just different, and it just, uh, it's such a pleasure. In between the kids screaming and all that stuff to listen to the album. Yeah, who would have thought that someday we'd actually look forward to hearing that scratchy playback from a yeah. from an album? I only hear that from Schmo. <laughs> I will have none of it. But oh, then again, I never owned an LP, so uh, it sounds I'm not one at a time. It's different. It sounds different. Then there's some scratchiness in some places. So I went and got. So I, I do have my. The one with the gatefold that opens yes, up yeah. and everything. And I'm looking at some from Buffett News, their information on this thing. And it's not mentioning it. Oh, yes, yes. Platinum Plus 37156. So this is the reissued vinyl. It's not the original vinyl, but it does have the gatefold. Yeah. Eventually, MCA did reissue it a third time without the gatefold. Right. So I don't know. This is important to any collectors. My label is beige, tan, yes. Oh, yeah. It has a tan label, which was actually kind of a rare label. MCA was switching labels at the time. But on all the reissues had their new rainbow label. Yeah, that's the one I'm used to, the MCA rainbow logo and label. Before they went to the rainbow, a few of them didn't get the rainbow for some reason. I just read it on that, and this one got a tan. So I do have that. So I have the second, I have the first reissue of the MCA. And, of course, this was his first album on MCA, straight MCA, instead of ABC, or ABC Dunhill. It never, this never was ABC. That's right, this was right after uh, Taylor, right? Actually, it was after you had to be there. Or you had to be there. You had to be there. <laughs> but I remember, that, so, getting into Jimmy Buffett, this, I believe, was the first vinyl I owned, because I taped a lot, I recorded a bunch of stuff. This was the first one I went out and bought. Wow, the milestone. Yeah, and I, I mentioned this last time. I don't know if it made the podcast with the. I knew a couple Buffett songs, and I remember what BSing with HUD and you while you're waxing your your old uh, Trans Am. Camaro. <laughs> Camaro. <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking of uh, Gary. But anyway, you had yeah. Gary had the Trans Am. Yeah. Right? Okay. So you're you're waxed. Waxing the Camaro, playing in the boombox, playing yep. uh, probably a track, right? Yeah, probably eight the track boombox. And I heard the song "Volcano." I said, "This song's pretty good, you know." Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I found out it was Jimmy Buffett. So I knew when I, bought, I ended up recording stuff and buying this album, I knew it, you know immediately what song this one was. 
So now I have to edit this out again. <laughs> oh, did you edit it out once? It's so, there you are, waxing the car in your old 70s shorts. If you know what I mean. <laughs> the ones like Gary wears now? Yeah. <laughs> that Greg always points out. See how he, did I tell you he always points that out? Points it out to you. This is the first time he pointed it out to me. But I, did I tell you how he always points it out to me? Yes, yes. Oh, that's yeah, why so it was I, so funny. That's why I mean. We gave that knowing look to each other. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're the one I... <laughs> he no, just, you had told me about it, and then it was just that much more funny when he uh, pointed it out to me. So here wearing the shorts that Gary wears now. And yeah. Greg likes to laugh at. In fact, mine may have been a bit shorter. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, anything else on the overall album? No, it, it's... Overall, it's just like one of my favorites of all time. Favorite of the early ones, one of one of them anyway. A lot of great songs on this thing. Uh, I'd like to have Scott here. I wonder exactly what. And you know he'll like the album, but I don't know. I mean, the three. Yeah, of I don't us know if he'll feel so strongly about it's because it's an older one, but. I know because the three of us might feel similar. I don't know. It's not one hundred percent sure, Mick. Probably. Because I, I mean, I wore out these this lyric sheet sitting there while I played, looking at it. Yeah, this, this has a lot of good stuff on it here. Three singles were released: "Fins," "Volcano," and guess the third one, if you don't know. A uh, single, hmm, probably "Boat Drinks." Survive. Survive. Ah. Which explains why it's the lead cut on the second side, I guess. It is unique that it's rec- most of it anyway is recorded on uh, Montserrat. Yeah, Montserrat. Yeah. Yep, at George Martin's Air Studios. And uh, I guess Buffett and George Martin kind of clashed. They didn't get a, get along too well. What are we doing, Joe? <laughs> oh, you're not speaking. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. It's, it's Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Lee Fortune at uh, hey. Zodiac. There's a familiar voice. Ooh, somebody smoking cigars. Yeah, that was he came in just to puff the cigar smoke in our face. Ouch. Oh, you know, nice. You might even smell it in a few seconds. Oh, man, it's so that's strong. Crap, I'm wow. Out of water. I read some, like, an interview that was done back, like, right around the time he recorded this. It was, it was done there, I think, in Montserrat. That was a pretty cool interview. But I can't remember where I read it now. So it was a book. Yeah, I think it was that. I think Chet, you gave it to me, Mick. Yeah, it was that Chet Flippo book from the guy that wrote yeah, the yeah. Rolling Stone. And I was, I think I got a copy of it somewhere, and I was trying to find it because that's where he talks about clashing with George Martin. But he doesn't say George Martin by name. He just mentions the the British guy that man that ran the studio. Ah. But I I just assumed yeah. that it was George Martin because it's George Martin's studio. And there was just kind of a culture clash. Because yeah, because they're you know drug smoking yeah. slackers. Yeah. Well, it's nothing like uh, George Martin hadn't seen before. <laughs> oh wow, he's used to the drug smoking thing. But I think the he, slacker. Yeah, he objected at the slacker. <laughs> at least the Beatles, you know, had flashy '60s fashions on. <laughs> well, I like. I thought that was a cool interview. I wish, I, I, I think I wish I got, you remembered I, more I, of it. I know, no doubt. That's been so long. Now we're going to just make fun of Greg's review of the album. Oh, he wrote it down? He, uh, it's, oh. a, it's a word doc. It's attachment in his 
last email of the day. I assumed everybody got it. I didn't see it. Let me refresh my email. Well, if Mick got it and I got it, I can't believe he, he wouldn't send it to Mike either. He did not. I do not have it. <laughs> he slighted you. He did. Track number one, side one. Don't consult your notes. You know what the first track is. I was is. looking at the, Jeez. the authors. Fins. Are you asking me? No, I was just going on to Fins. I was just looking at who oh. was right. I was scared by that pause, too. The the yeah. whole the first two tracks, Fins and Volcano, it's like the whole band just wrote them both almost. But they're different names, so they're... Yeah, they are. Ha-ha! I checked it before you did. <laughs> Not that I checked you after. But Fins, side one, track one, we, find, we get... This may be the first instance of... I assume pans are steel drums, or they're different pans. Yeah, I was I was thinking that too. They call them pans, and it's uh, Jackie Dangler plays the pans on a couple songs. Yeah, and they and it show never up right even, away. It never even occurred to me that it wouldn't be Robert G. Which which now I have to ask: When did Robert G. join join the band? Do you guys know? Would it be one particular harbor. That's a first one I really remember jumping out at me. Okay. I meant to research that too, but didn't have time. I didn't research that, but I'm, that's my guess. Let's see if I... But yeah, nowadays, right. it's like it didn't even dawn on me that Robert G. wasn't part of the band then, but... Then, yeah, I know. He's like forever, yeah. Yeah, it and, just seems like he's been with them forever. And, uh, and I assume pans mean steel drums. Yeah, it's steel drums. Yeah, that and, is... Uh, that is. And I know Mike used to always tell me the steel drum showed up on Volcano. He always tell me that after a couple of beers. <laughs> and so, well, well, what can he say? I mean, it's a good song. Mick went into his whole Caribbean jam well, no, that was dissertation. That's, that's I know about Volcano last episode, and I was thinking the first two tracks are both like that. This is like that, just yeah. not as good as Volcano. But it's almost like yeah. the same kind of thing. They just it's more it's up. more mainstream. Yeah, this is. This is just a great rocking tune. This is a great yeah. rocker. I imagine both Fins and Volcano, they probably had a ball just yeah. writing, forming, and everything. It sounded like they had a great time doing it. So I don't, I, I mean, I don't want to sit here and just say how much I, I love the song <laughs> or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's great. And it's one of the, oh. it's one of the, uh, it's one of the, like, like Greg says in its notes, it's one of the songs that Buffett has to play, and it's one of the songs that he has to play that I don't mind the fact that he has to play. Right, it's a right. great well, both, song. Both of them, yeah. I yeah. can I can listen to this song every show. I have no problem with that. Plus, yep. live, it's so cool to just turn a, turn around and face the audience instead of the band and see the audience do the fins dance. It's just so cool yeah. to see I everybody do doing the fins yeah, dance. Yeah, I'm, I'm like never looking at the stage. During those parts, except they don't know they don't know how to do the fins dance properly, but still, yes, yeah. it's, it's nice to see them all do the effort. I'll give Greg some credit. He did say he's still waiting for the arms closing like a shark's mouth thingy to catch on. Yep. yep. Well, except, now, me and Mick just put in our little corner. We just do it <laughs> ourselves. Trying, everybody we're looks trying at our us best like to convert the masses, but but, but more people did this like the first couple times I saw him in concert. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I saw him, everybody was doing that arm yeah. thing. It just it went away. So people used to do the actual shark mouth closing, yeah. not just yeah, fins to the left, fins to the right, and then dance around. Yes, the newbies don't and know case, it. And in case you don't, Mick back there doing it around the uh, you know everybody looking at us like we're nuts. Yeah, I know. 
We always do it, though. Greg and I always do it because we're usually sitting on the lawn or something. Well, you yeah. guys have your cushy pavilion seats. So there are four people <laughs> in the venue who know how to do the pinstands properly. <laughs> Once in a while, you see Jimmy Look do it, but it's been a while. He would, like... Do it. Well, I always does it after the after the song yeah, when he's he like talking to the crowd or facing the crowd, and then he does the little well, fists he do in the armpits and the elbows bay? going up and down. What was, was that? I thought he did it on Live by the Bay, like right at the end of the song, or was yeah. that another oh, DVD? Then? MIP. I can't remember. I think so. It's like right at the end of the song, he, he did it. We'll have to review that in a future podcast. Now, I don't know if you know this, Jeff. Greg mentioned his two-for-one song at Buckeye Lake in 1996 yep. when Greg saw him there, and instead of playing Cowboy in the Jungle, he played Finns <laughs> twice. Yep. Because well, there was the, an there's inf- a volcano. It was a volcano. No, no, no it was no. Finns. It was there's, Finns. There's two stories. The, oh, one really? was the, the song he played twice was Finns. He played it in the be- near the beginning of the concert instead of the end, <clears throat> the end like originally planned, it seems because some inflatable shark was being thrown around the crowd and he just played it. Then when it came up in their set list, I guess they couldn't improvise enough to skip it, <laughs> and they played it again. They probably thought it must have been the other show that they played Finn. So, yes, they, they already forgot. before Between intermission, they forgot. They played it once. So huh. Greg saw it twice, but then he didn't see Cowboy in the Jungle all the way through. Poor Greg. Oh, but he, you know, Greg has a good story here on this song. He says he can still hear the voices of his beloved friends who were kind enough to make uh, a copy of Volcano. I believe we did this at Central. I believe I was even there while we recorded Volcano for him on HUD stereo. And just as the last chord in Finns is played, they screamed into the stylist, Greg sucks. I believe we all did that. In front of him. Yeah, Greg mentions this. He, he's already mentioned the same thing in episode 11 of the podcast. <laughs> except then he said it happened between Livingston Saturday Night and Cheeseburger in Paradise. So one of these stories is wrong. Well, well I, would, I just remember the one time with the, we, we yelled in Joe's, yeah. hey, schmo. Yeah, that's also mentioned in episode 11. So if you... If, you, if our listeners want to actually hear us, hear all of us discuss the story, just check out the end of episode 11. It's called Patio Bash. But, uh, and I like the fact that, that we were making fun of Greg because he used the word stylist as for the needle. <laughs> yes. And he actually used it here in the document. He deliberately wrote oh, stylist. He, it says, I know, it's a, it says and stylist. And then he gives a definition in case we don't know what stylist means. That's the needle that stayed, stayed into the grooves of the LP. It stayed. That's, it never left the grooves of the LP, but he calls it stylist, like hair stylist. stylist. He just sucked me in. I just read it just a few minutes ago. Anyway, track two. Track two. Well, no, I, wanna, I, I wanted to mention that uh, the whole thing about land sharks, I was thinking, it just dawned on me, I was thinking that land shark obviously has something to do with the Saturday Night Live um, skit. And so it, yeah. it, it would, I was wondering... He must have he must have given NBC or Saturday Night Live money to use the Land Shark name for Land Shark Logger, but according to the expert sources at Wikipedia, they say that the term Land Shark was used in 18th and 19th century sailing shanties. So wow. I, I thought that was interesting. So that now, is interesting. now Saturday Night Live has no claim to it, and Jimmy can use Land Shark as much as he wants because he could yeah. just go, "Hey, prior art, guys, prior art." And Land Shark Logger takes a, a whole new meaning. I mean, it's not just yeah. 
capping off his song was, as much as still referring to the same thing the song's referring to. It was a term used to refer to merchants who cheated sailors. Wow. So there you go. And I also made a note of the background singers that, uh, that sing the Finns chorus. I thought it was kind of cool that they actually turned Finns into like a two-syllable word. Fians to the right, fians to the left. I noticed that when I was listening to it earlier today. Now I won't be able to hear it any Fians. I know. I did write down, well, I, I'm reading Greg's notes more than mine. I wrote down more cowbell. I, I, it might be a woodblock, but it sounds like a cowbell going. Just as, just as prominent as... really watching for cowbell Yeah, now. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But Fingers is just awesome, and he's playing some kind of electric medium Walter harp. But uh, one thing I don't—I didn't research it. I meant to. What? And I've done this before, and now I forget. Remora. What does that mean? That's one of those fish that travels along with the sharks, right? Yeah, I don't. Is know. that what it is? I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those. those she long feels skin, like a remora. Feel like a remora. Okay, I'll buy it. I, I thought I researched it a long time ago. That doesn't even ring a bell. I thought that's what it was. All right, well, I could actually look it up right now, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> You're on the couch. Good thing. Yeah, you must have. Good <laughs> thing you have uh, wireless. Yeah. <laughs> or it is really wireless, right? It really is. It's not the Greg style of wireless. With the wire. Not, not the Greg stylist of wireless. <laughs> volcano, track two. Well, Some volcano. I, I you know, waxed rhapsodic about Volcano last week, so I'm just going to use this for my bathroom break. Okay. Well, <laughs> should we talk about the song Volcano, or should we talk it's about Roger Klein? Roger Klein <laughs> Next week, <laughs> Roger Klein doubleheader. Yeah. That's right. We do the uh, Ferndale, Michigan show on Thursday night, and it's on the road to Cleveland. Do you, have the, show. Do you have the Arizona Diamondbacks song? I did purchase it. And I believe, did I put it on my iPod? I may not have. Because I like that little song, and uh, oh, I noticed cool. they've surged into first place, and they might. There looks like they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, really? Oh, well, awesome. I, I think. We'll probably hear it on TV at some point. That's what I mean. That's what I yeah. mean. So, I Roger Clay podcast is over. And Volcano, yeah, we've, we've raved and raved about it before, the song. Uh, Greg says, always a fun concert song. We never, none of us really get, I don't think we all get tired of hearing it. I, I shouldn't speak for everybody, but this just has that riff that's just so cool to hear every single time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. no, Greg has another Buckeye Lake story. Yeah, yeah, this is the one that Mike was alluding to. Right? Yeah, when Jimmy yeah. played the song at Buckeye Lake, 96, the prop volcano that Greg was only yards away from at the time. It could be. A he thousand gets, yards. He gets closer. He gets closer and closer every retelling yeah, of this story. Now it's only yards, like single-digit yards. It was set off. It, the volcano was set off. It was supposed to glow and eventually extinguish itself. It didn't. He could see a crowd frenzy start to occur, and thought it would, would really suck to die in Ohio, as opposed to dying somewhere else. <laughs> they they still show that video clip in uh, changes. That's part of the video package and changes as the volcano catching fire. That's Greg's concert at Buckeye Lake. Yeah. Huh. He uh, goes on later on. He just talks about how the, the end of the song is dated because he mentions, mm -hmm. I don't want to land on no Ayatollah. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. in the lyrics, Buffett spells or 
the lyrics on my Volcano vinyls, Ayatollah's E-Y-E dash capital oh. Y-A-T-U-L-L-A-H. Yeah, he's having some fun with it. Really? Yeah, he was just having fun with the words. Just thought I'd mention it. <clears throat> Track three, side one. Did you guys talk about the Lava Me Now or Lava Me Not line that Greg no. mentioned? Because I was wondering, the first time I saw that written out was in the Parakeets album. So I was thinking that that, that lyric was cleaned up for the Parakeets. You better Lava Me oh, really? Now or Lava Me Not. And I always thought it was Lava Me Now or Lava Me Not. And he just threw the Lava in there as like an accent. And that's the way it sounds when he sings it. But in the lyrics... Does it say Lava Me yeah. in the lyrics? It says okay. Lava. Yeah, I think it does, back on, on yeah. the old yeah, lyric sheets. No, it does. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. On my MCA. Yeah, I never had lyrics. I only have the CD version that never, ever, it ever sound, had lyrics. You're right, it doesn't sound like that. If you didn't if you didn't know it, if you didn't read the lyrics, you wouldn't know it. I'm going to have to check. Yeah, take it. The other lyric question I had. Can you read it? Nip that in the bud. You mentioned it came out on CD a couple different ways, didn't it? Yeah, it came out with A1A the first time, and then as with a, no liner notes for Volcano in it no, at all. No, no line. Well, no, there aren't any liner notes at all till. Or the back of the CD was A1A back. At least it mentions here in Buffett News that the back of the CD was the back of A1A. Yeah, but I think I think the uh, the tiny little booklet that came with it had the photo of the volcano. Yeah, that's what they say. Just the photo of him at the back cover photo inside the booklet. Yeah. But track three, it was nice to hear again. Treat her like a lady. Yeah. Isn't that an underappreciated tune? That is, it's a great tune. Yep. It really is. It really is. I like the, the lyrics of it and I like how it starts off mellow kind of and then just builds and builds and it's got a, a cool guitar riff going and everything it's a great tune the I, I wrote down the ending could go on forever I mean again yeah, yeah. this is where the band's unleashing them they're unleashing a little bit more than they do today and yeah. they could even do it more but like I think I think it was during Beach House where I lamented they they never but what a difference as opposed to the very beginning of the song though don't right you? yeah it's like a big crescendo the whole yeah. And Fingers is just awesome in it, and it's just so awesome to have a band with the harmonica yeah. playing such an important part in every song, almost every yep. song. Yeah, he's just going wild in between there, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really cool. And the backup singers are, were this time billed as the Embarrassing Stains, including the <laughs> co-author David Dave Loggins. And then James Taylor and two of his brothers were in there, which I didn't know he had another brother or sister outside of Livingston Taylor, but... I, They've all pretty much recorded. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of those hidden gems that um, I was yeah. glad to hear again. Greg mentions that we were lucky to hear this at Pine Knob in 2000. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily remember yeah, I've got uh, I've got a recording of it on my set list page, but only half of it came out, so I had to fill out the rest of it with the Radio Margaritaville version. But uh, probably put a link to that on the show notes page at wastingaway.net. Just look for episode 51, and there will be a link to the MP3 file. Wonder if Greg got this information from your site. Didn't know <laughs> he, he, he found the site. set list site. He found he had all the these Detroit shows. <laughs> <laughs> he says, until I read what Jimmy's thoughts were on the song and why he wrote it, I always thought this was about boats and the home sailors have on boats and how a sailor should treat his boat like a lady and crap like that. Yeah. Well, what did Jimmy's? What were Jimmy's thoughts? Tell him, Mike. A, tell him, Mike. Come on. It's the, the ocean. ocean. Yeah, he's talking about it's the ocean. About the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know this was a question. I didn't know this no, was I think most this people, first time I read this. Most people read. assume he's talking about a ship. 
Oh, no, no. I guess I always knew. You're right, though. They Sailors treat yeah, their boats Greg, like... Greg had the same first first uh, response that I did, that he's talking about a ship. But no, yeah, he's talking about sailing around the ocean. you don't dig into the lyrics, on the surface it sounds like it could be about a ship. Yeah, that's, how, that's funny how Greg is saying that he found this out through an interview with Jimmy, whereas I found it out through talking to Mike, because Mike's the one that told me that he's That's weird that I didn't... Now I, I'm... The first one to get the wrong first impression. I mean, I'm always getting the wrong first impression. Well, you made the wrong did. first impression. So I'm about yeah. hearing the wrong first impression. Yeah. But I, was the, I guess I always thought it was Ocean, so maybe I got lucky on this one. And then last night, Kate, Kate heard it while I had it on vinyl playing and asked me about it. I told her he's singing about the ocean. So that's weird. And then today in the car. Well, you should have, you should have, that would have been interesting to, just to hear what she, what she would have thought, though. Well, she, she had no idea. Thought. What's he singing about? I don't know. I said, well, he, he horses. Least talk, but a lady. Yeah, horses. Seahorses. <laughs> a horse, yeah. <laughs> Seahorses. I did. I think I even used it. You know how you, you, you know, I don't know why. I just talked to her about he's treating the, uh, he's talking about the ocean. You got to treat her like a lady. And she, she, she made a note of, he's always singing about the ocean. <laughs> very good. Very I just, you know, I've given up on my sons, and I'm just, I'm just enjoying Buffett with my 12 year old daughter. <laughs> Next cut, and now we get into a lot of songs written by just Jimmy himself. This is uh, "Stranded on a Sandbar," and uh, I like the song. Mm-hmm. Listening to it yesterday, though, I just wrote the only note I wrote on it is "Wow, the Coral Reefer Band." This is one where the band shines. This is like almost like the cut of the album where he, this is for the band or the band came up with their... I mean, they sound terrific on it. Greg says he wants to hear this song in the Magic Bag. Well, just a smaller venue. Yeah, he says smaller venue, like the Magic Bag, two thumbs up. Definitely not a concert song. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the, uh, on the discography on margaritaville.com, for all Kano, does not list this song. <laughs> you should you should learn not to go to the official site no doubt not only are the lyrics all wrong well wait a minute when when this was on the two for one was there a song missing no no okay that's why i have that's why i bought this two for one is that both albums were complete well no, we'll go I'm, right on to uh, uh well, the only thing i mentioned that is the line where he talks about the uh, lights from the stars and the lights from the cars are Shining up and down on me, it should be down and up on. Me. <laughs> it just say it should be down and up on me, comma respect. Or uh, I feel compelled respect. to point that out that it should be down and up, not up and down. <laughs> All right. Carry and on. the last cut on the first side. Chanson pour les petits enfants. Turn Only. The end. Well, I did take French. I never took Spanish. <laughs> I can't speak Spanish. How did that sound with my Fargo-ish accent? <laughs> I uh, I was just, it was, again, great to listen to on vinyl for some reason. Well, plus I had it turned way up last night. But uh, the recorders and the all the acoustic guitars, I mean, they got a 12-string going, and one, one you know, it was like a lead acoustic and a regular acoustic, I think. Yeah, it's a great recording. It sounds like a yeah. piece of classical music. It's, it's yeah. so nicely recorded. It's so nicely performed. <laughs> okay. Great. Isn't this like Hud's favorite? Too? I was just going to say, yes. Hud's favorite song. Or at least of, we always said of it. Of all the songs on here, this is Hud. Yeah. 
<laughs> you just see HUD dancing around by himself in his room. I can just imagine. I can just imagine HUD taking a blanket and a pillow out to his backyard and watching a meteor shower. Gay <laughs> <laughs> star gazing weekend. I, yeah, I know. Um, I always thought it was weird that there's a Princess Leia in this song. Yeah, that it's was spelled different, but that he was says the other, it. That was the other lyric that I had a problem with, where everybody says Princess Leia L I A is her name. But it's obvious he says Princess Leia in yeah. the song. Yeah, he does. So, geez, I didn't know George Lucas had such giant pull that he could force Jimmy to change uh, change lyrics. proper names like that. Uh, you want to know what Greg said? The song is fun and educational. A little bit of French class while you sing. Oh, here he goes with the cassette. I didn't read this stuff. Remember the cassette that was made for me? I will always remember the somber, relaxing atmosphere in the central Michigan dorm room with Captain Schmo listening to the recording through headphones. The song ends, Schmo's asleep at the wheel, and the sound of the needle scratching real loud is observed by us all. Yeah, Greg's got the wrong song here, folks. He's got the wrong <laughs> album. He's got the wrong artist. Oh, really? Yeah, we're talking either Van Halen or Sammy. I think it was Sammy Hagar. Album. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's a Sammy it Hagar. Sammy it's a Sammy Hagar album. He's got the wrong album. Okay. Well, good times. Switch sides, side two. And here's another cut that they must have pressed for a single here was Survive. Yep. Which I think Killer Jimmy... cut. No, go ahead. What'd you say? I just said killer cut. Oh, sorry. I can't say uh, it's not my, I mean, uh, it's obviously not my favorite on the album, but uh, I can take it or leave it, I guess. I'm not a big, really? I'm not a huge fan of the song. I, yeah, I thought you were. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always had that. I recall uh, reading an interview where Jimmy said it was his attempt at a Billy Joel single, and you can really tell from listening to it. I have to listen again. I, I thought there was, the orchestration was a little too much. And listening to the song again, it, it's it's like uh, a sequel to Come Monday, if you listen to the lyrics. song about separation, being on tour, being separated while on tour. Yeah, yeah. Same topics. Greg mentions from that awesome site he must have visited that we heard it live in 1998 at Pine Up. But he's wrong. Yeah, oh, I, he was at the Palace. <laughs> At the palace. And I also have a recording of that on my setlist page, which I'll also link to on the show notes blog at wastingaway.net. Another excellent song they've heard in 1988. That was the once during, glorious Pine Knob Amphitheater. That wrote. was during the uh, Van of Daydreaming tour, I believe. It was the one about Cuba, where he had that uh, like Cuban building facade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the set of survivors. That was, the, that was the show where we had great seats, like uh, like. 12th row or yeah on the main like floor that. was that it yeah that was the show well he did it he did survive as the final on car on both shows but we had great seats for the second show and crappy nosebleed seats for the first show Greg did mention that it was the closest thing to surviving was the start of this year's Michigan football season thank goodness that's over so I thought I'd mention that just to get Michigan in there lady I can't explain is the next cut It's uh, another underappreciated. Yeah, I really, I gem. like this one. Yeah. Yeah, this is a hidden gem for sure. You forget about it. Yep. It's got a good feel to it. 
just uh, sounds cool. Yeah, I, I liked it, and it's a different kind of a love song or whatever, obviously to to Jane. And uh, Greg said, every album needs its stupid love song. That's all he wrote. <laughs> I thought the phrase was silly love song. Actually, but every album needs it stupid love song. But that's, <laughs> now I'm getting picky. Because it was it. <laughs> and he wasn't even ripping on uh, Survive, huh? No, no, he he liked that probably maybe a little bit more than me. I I, I like the song Survive, but uh. so now it's time for boat drinks and the pans come back. Yep. Only the two songs that have steel drums, fins and boat drinks. Yeah, this is always one of my standout favorites. This is a killer cut. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely killer cut. Mm-hmm. The most famous thing about this song is it's the first song that Shmo ever heard Jimmy Buffett play live. He opened up my first show. Well, there you go. That's what makes it. The band was out there playing it, and he came out strumming the song. It was after Summer Over China tour. And I'll never forget that. Yeah, it's a great song. It ended up on the... The whole shooting of the freezer thing and everything, that's Mm -hmm. very cool. I I mean, when I first heard this out in the song, I mean... The, gotta fly the Saints somewhere. I mean, yeah. that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I have a verse in Gotta go where it's warm. I made converts, Jimmy Buffett converts, just from using the phrase yeah. Saint somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. I, mean, I, I say that. I'm not exaggerating. Oh, and I noticed, I don't know if it was just my stereo or whatever yesterday, I really, it sounds like someone's blowing into a jug on this song at oh, certain really? points. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just the way the bass was coming yesterday. Or was it you? <laughs> no, no. It Could have been the jug on your chest when you were listening to it? Was somebody messing with you? One of the kids were in the background? <laughs> I, was, I was literally walking around going, why do I hear this? Is that a jug? Does it sound like this in this corner was of it, the room? Was it, the, it sounds like it was either the bass was playing funny tricks on me. I don't have to get another listen. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. All right. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I have to check it out, too. When I go. <laughs> okay. Greg wrote, definitely in his top ten... And then in Paran's, okay, okay, wait for the stupid laughter to stop. <laughs> so he, he's he's defensive about having this in his top ten. <laughs> Probably the best start to any Buffett song. It always has me reaching for the volume control when it comes on. Give me a boat drink and life will be good. Oh, yeah, and I remember this. I'm reading this for the first time. I remember this from Greg from long ago. This was the song that hooked uh, his dad. Into Buffett, this song. But maybe it was oh, right? somewhere. Maybe Mick actually. Mm, no, it was a guy I worked with. I think, yeah, you mentioned it before, actually. But uh, I remember Mr. G loved this song, so this must have been the one that hooked him. Oh, well, there you go. I think this whole record hooked a lot of people. I mean, that, that's there's a lot of stuff on here for everybody. Dreamsicle is next. Cool and, song, very cool. I loved this song the first moment I heard it. Yep just the dumb rhymes and everything, but it just, everything fits so well. But, and I remember being drunk, I think, going out to breakfast after the bar with Mick and singing the song at the top of our lungs, or... No, or just I didn't know, I didn't know the song. Yeah, yeah, I know, I remember this. It was, I think it was the 87 concert. We just kept singing Dream We went song. to, what was it, the Palace? Was it the Palace restaurant then at West Road and Ann Allen? Yeah, 
But I didn't think it was after a concert. I thought it was after going to a drink saloon or something. Oh, yeah, maybe that was it. Okay. That and maybe you barely knew the song, but you liked it. I mean, barely knew. You knew Buffett a little. Or of course you did because of Mike. And you were just getting into him kind of mm -hmm. thing. And we just kept singing the Dream School Big Dill Pickle. <laughs> I don't know why. Over and over again. Greg does mention that this would be one of those get up and go to the bathroom songs for other people. But I don't know if I really agree. No, I, I agree. Really? Yeah. If this were performed in concert. He's saying that he would love to hear this performed in concert, although yeah. it would be one of the songs. Right, right. That's right. And I, I agree it would be. This this would empty out the aisles, or empty out the rows and fill the aisles. Greg called this one of his killer cuts, which I would too, which uh, I think I would too, which I was kind of surprised. And the last song. Sending the Old Man Home. Greg likes it, but wouldn't really miss it too much. Though, uh, Fingers, I think, adds so much to this song. And I just love the line, Mothball the whole damn fleet, when he mm -hmm. sings that part. And I do like the song. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not a huge fan. I used to skip it. And then as I got older, I don't skip it. I don't know, is that weird? I would skip Survive before this one. Hmm. I guess I haven't grown up. Apparently, Greg's brain has an iPod, but Greg doesn't. Greg says, the good days and good old Buffett songs that are forever implanted in my brain's iPod, which actually is pretty cool. I, he wore out the cassette tape for sure in this one. It will always be a favorite. Yep. And his killer cuts are dreamsicle, boat drinks, and treat her like a lady. But his uh, brain's iPod can't play podcasts. <laughs> His killer cuts are interesting. No volcano, no fins. He's got three good ones, man. I love Dreamsicle and Botrix and I would move Treater Like a Lady onto my hidden gems list so I could cheat and put Volcano on mine. This would be one of the first one of Jimmy singing about himself kind of thing, which we hear more of usually written by Mad Patton. Is he really singing about himself, though? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he's singing about us. He's singing about right. the everyman. He's singing about the Buffett fan that wants to win the football pool. He says, so tell my story, pain and glory. Guess my occupation. Overnight sensation. Oh, well that, yeah, that's Yeah, that like part's about him. It's, yeah, that's what I mean. But I thought... I got house pets, Learjets already. I'm trying to learn about bassinets. He just had a baby when this album came okay, out. Okay, I take it back. I I was thinking that, well, the first verse doesn't sound like him, but the rest no, of the song sometimes he like says him. he. It goes into the third person, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's in the first person. But I was thinking the first verse where he's talking about and the uh, Sears tool thing. I thought he was talking about just, you know, like a working man type deal. Loves fools, Sears tools. But then the end, the I'll be damned country ham takes me back to yeah. Alabama. That would be him. Yeah. Love the vinyl. It's fun to listen to the vinyl. I have no affection for vinyl. Well, I still have to listen to my None brandy caramel. There's just something special about putting it on. I mean, it's obviously reminiscing. It's not, I'm not saying it sounds better than a CD. But it's just something different in the, in the looks from the kids and everything. And, and then I reminded them. And they were just laughing at themselves because it wasn't too long ago when one kid was telling on the other kid, Dad, he's touching your big CDs. <laughs> As if 
They had no idea what these were. That story is in episode 11. Oh, <laughs> episode 11. <laughs> yep. Wow, episode 11. <laughs> and, but I listened to the album on vinyl, so I came up with the same stories because I don't have any new material. <laughs> I keep remarking how old I am and how great it sounds on vinyl. We listened to albums on vinyl and we liked it. Not me. I never liked listening to vinyl. I always knew there had to be something better than that. Okay. I have a script. All right. Uh-oh. I have a lame little joke we can just tell. Uh-oh. I have a script that I've been saving. What part does Mike play? Can you read your script, Mike? Can you hold it up to the speaker? We need can a girl fax, for this one. Can you fax it to me? And then I have a bunch of stupid one-liners with sharks. Oh, right. <laughs> and they're really bad. But they, <laughs> Let me see the one-liners. Ooh. But so, do we do this or get? <laughs> I like that one. That one's good. Which one? Well, we have to do some of the lame ones first. All why right, did, so let's do this. Why one did the shark time. cross the Great Barrier Reef, Mike? <laughs> I have no idea. To get to the other tide. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Why did the mommy shark and the daddy shark get divorced? They no longer loved each other. <laughs> See, those kind of jokes drive me off. <laughs> well, here, what was the shark jazz musician's favorite illegal substance? Reefer. I thought I'd only kept that in because of the Coral Reefer band, obviously. Of course. Why do sharks make terrible lawyers? They're too nice. <laughs> That's good. I'm watching two and a half, oh, two and a half men. All of a sudden, the kid starts to kid starts is telling lame jokes in the episode, and it tells my one of my favorite all time jokes with the two muffins in the oven. And one muffin says, "Boy, it's hot in here." The other one says, "Holy crap, a talking muffin!" You know, <laughs> <laughs> we use that on a podcast, yeah. and now it's a, it's an example of a lame little kid joke on the show. So they got it from our podcast. <laughs> it, I was first. Was it episode eleven? <laughs> Short summers, long days Hit the beaches, catch some rays Hibernating until June Leave it up, it's gone too soon When you live on the north coast Manage your time Best three months you gotta get through now. That's life on the North Coast. That's life on. 